Stand by for a start. Gates crash, and they're racing in the Melbourne Cup. A pretty good line. G'day, I'm Corey Brown. Over the next eight weeks, I'm going to be chatting to some of the best trainers and jockeys in the world. They've all played a part in Australia's greatest horse race, the Melbourne Cup. That first Tuesday in November, when all eyes head to Flemington, to see all 24 horses and jockeys take on the 3,200 metres. It's been run 160 times, and last year was a first. It was run without a crowd. What a ride, what a win. I've come second twice, I've come third twice, and I've also fallen in the race. Either way, it's an absolute honour to ride in the Lexus Melbourne Cup, and to stand up and listen to that national anthem, it's like competing for your country. On today's episode, we've got uh, Joseph O'Brien, a uh, world-famous trainer from Ireland. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I rode Joseph's first Melbourne Cup winner, Rekindling, back in 2017. Johannes Vermeer, Rekindling wearing it down. Johannes Vermeer and Rekindling, stride for stride. Rekindling has won the Emirates Melbourne Cup. From in second place, Johannes Vermeer, third Max Dynamite. Welcome, Joseph. Hey, Corey, how are you? How's the team going over there? Yeah, going good. Um, we're about, I suppose, three quarters the way through our season over here in in Ireland. Um, we've had a really good year. Um, thank God, uh, the horses have been in good nick, and uh, uh, hopefully we can finish off the season well. Mate, we'll kick off with your riding career. Um, the pressures for riding for Bally Doyle and your father um, at such a young age. How did you cope with those pressures and? Was your dad hard on you? Um, I suppose, I, I, like you say, I was very young, uh, Corey, and I had grown up in that environment. Um, um, I saw, obviously, a lot of the top jockeys riding for dad and, and Coolmore over a number of years. And um, I was very lucky to be in a privileged position. And, uh, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of pressure. But I, I think uh, at the time, um, I was able to handle it pretty well. And um, I was very lucky to ride some amazing horses. I, I did congratulate you when I seen you for the first time in Melbourne. I didn't have the pleasure of riding with you, but I was amazed how tall you are and how, how you battled with your weight for so many years. It must have been a lot of pressure. Yeah, the weight was, was, was pretty tough. Um, but I, I suppose most jockeys um, struggle with their weight to a certain degree, whether you know they're trying to ride at 53 or whether they're trying to ride at 56 or 57 or whatever the case may be. You find most guys you know, have to have to sweat and get down as light as they can so um i suppose i was taller than than most people so we had to struggle a little bit harder but i was very lucky to be able to do that to ride good horses back in 2013 you broke the records over there in ireland um and beat my idol in riding uh, mick canan that must have been a big thrill to take take um a big trophy off his mantelpiece and put it up on yours yeah absolutely it was uh um it was it was fantastic uh um uh, uh to 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 ride to ride, ride the, the most winners in the year in ireland um i think it'll probably get beaten this year 
Um, uh, Colin Keane is having a fantastic season up here, so he looks like he's looks like he's on track to to get pretty close. But um, yeah, it was it was amazing to to do it, and uh, um, yeah, something I I'll always remember. Again, as a young kid competing against those top riders like the Mick Canans, the Frankie de Tories, are they intimidating to ride against those young kids? Or yeah, I think I think you know when you're when I suppose when you're at a a, a good level in any sport. Um, you can't be phased or, or daunted by your competition, and you have to be confident. And even if deep down you're a little bit you're a little bit daunted by it, you can't you can't allow that show, and you have to rise to the rise to the challenge. So, um, you know, I I was I was lucky that I was able to ride good horses, and and at the end of the day, you have to just perform, and and that's what it comes down to. You have to put everything everything else to one side, do your homework. And, and and do your best to get the job done and whoever you're keep competing against um you just have to have to meet them head on and and uh, leave it out there on the track now when you started your riding career did did you have it in the back of your mind because obviously you're quite a big jockey did you always have it in the back of your mind that you're going to take up training yeah actually to be honest training training was always kind of my my end goal Corey and um my, I hadn't really thought I'd be able to ride for as long as I did um in Ireland there's a rule that um you can ride 20 winners and then you can take a, a 6 month break and you can ride get get an amateur license so so when I when I started riding that was my intention and that I'd take a 6 month break after my first 20 wins and then and then I could uh, concentrate on on training and and uh, ride, ride as an amateur but um you know I just rode rode more winners and and got more opportunities than what kind of I had expected and uh, it just went from there is the feeling any different uh the winning feeling any different from training to riding them to be honest I actually I actually get a much bigger kick out of training a winner um you know when you're when you ride when you're riding it's 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 you jump on um you you do your thing and you jump off and you hand hand them back to the trainer and you see them again in a couple of weeks time or a month's time whereas a, as a trainer there's an awful lot more goes in behind the scenes um um a lot a lot of work number of months uh, uh goes into training a winner and when when they canter the post or as soon as you leg the jockey up there's nothing you can do so i i uh i feel much more pressure as a trainer and i get a much bigger kick out of training a winner than what i did riding what's the best racing carnival in the world do you think like i mean i've been to the world cup meeting in dubai and i haven't had the privilege of going over to america at all but what would you what would you rate the best carnival to go to it's, not, it's very hard to pick one um uh, there's there's a number of amazing race meetings around the world um um obviously obviously your carnival your spring carnival down there is fantastic the breeders cup is an amazing weekend um royal ascot is an incredible week and in ireland you have our champions weekend which was a couple of weeks ago which is really fantastic racing through the whole weekend so it's very hard to pick one um um but you know it's i've been lucky to be able to compete at a lot of the big weekends and flat racing and um um and it's it's uh it, it's 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 i'm in a privileged position to be able to travel to have the horses to travel around the world and compete at them like coming back to ireland after winning the melbourne cup for the first time because you're actually you're in australia when you won unlike sort of the last couple of years where no one's been able to go to the races but how how do you celebrate and like how, how do the how do the people in Ireland accept sort of like the, the Melbourne Cup over there yeah well it's it's uh 
the Melbourne Cup, anywhere you go in the world, you know, the people if you mention the Melbourne Cup, people know what you're talking about. Um, um and, and I suppose when we when we have a big winner or when we're lucky enough to have a big winner, generally we have whether it's a, a barbecue or some kind of a, a an evening with, with, with all the lads in the yard here and um and, and everyone everyone has a good night and uh, then we, we kick on and get stuck into the next the next task or the next challenge that's that's ahead. But obviously in recent times uh, uh with COVID, uh, that's put, put put things like that to the side for a little while. But hopefully we're getting back to being close enough to some kind of normality. With your training, do you model yourself on your dad, or have you got uh, like your own ideas? Do you train them any different to your dad? Um, well, I suppose I, I do train them quite differently, but mainly because my facilities are much different. Um, so you have to uh, you have to adapt to the facility that you have. But that is the only person that I've worked for in racing. Um, so and mom and dad are two people that I've learned everything that I know from. So so um, yeah, everything I've picked up I picked up from them. Uh, but I do train them differently just because our facility is so different. So when did the Lexus Melbourne Cup get put onto your radar as a trainer to head over here and take that trophy back on? Well, I suppose um, when I was uh, lucky enough to start training for Lloyd and Nick Williams, um, uh, that was when originally it um, came on, our on my radar as you know, a race that we, we, we might get to have a crack at. And um, um, we were lucky enough to have a horse like Rekindling in, in, in you know, he was one of the first horses that I had for Lloyd. And um, um, to be honest, they were a huge help to me in, in so far as working through all the protocols and, and uh, basically getting to know a bit about the racing down there. Um, and and we, had, we were lucky to have, have the right horses, you know. Did you come over with your dad? I know your dad came over several years before. There's a big team of um, the, the Coolmore guys. Were you in that team? Did you come over to Australia before that? Yeah, I was there. I was there. I think we were there just for a few days. Um, we just just came in and uh, saw the race, and um, uh, things didn't click didn't click for us on the day. But um, yeah, I, I was there for a few days, and uh, uh, it was an incredible experience. And uh, uh, something I, I always remember is the racing carnival or the spring racing carnival have you ever experienced have you been anywhere else in the world where they do it like the the melbournians do like they just celebrate basically for a week is there anywhere else like that in the world i don't, I don't think so Corey. to be honest not to the level um that 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 happens there um and um, and not only that it's it's really competitive top racing for you know a number a number of days so um yeah, it's 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 right up there among the best festivals in the world for sure. Tell me, let's get on to the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Is the first one always the best one, mate? Well, listen, I think the next one is always is always the one that you want the most. Um, uh, but yeah, for rekindling to win, that really was was a uh, it was a dream come true. Um, um, the horse had a perfect preparation, and um, um, you know, as you know. You know, we were hoping for a good run, but not for a second did I think he'd win the race. But, but uh, it was an amazing experience, and um, it really was something that I look back on and and kind of have to pinch myself. Internationals one, two, three. Father and son, first and second as trainers. Lloyd Williams, first and second. Corey Brown, beaten in a photo in 08, wins in 09. Who have we got here, Corey? This is Kylie's. 
my wife and three daughters. So. Kylie, how are you, love? I'm really, really ecstatic. <laughs> it's ex these girls have grown up a bit since Dad last won the cup in 2000. Uh, I remember vividly, Joseph, how I chased the ride on Rekindling. I obviously got in contact with Lloyd, and it's, it's so weird because I've only actually ever put Lloyd's colours on my back twice. Uh, once was in an Adelaide Cup, and um, second time was on Rekindling. But I chased the ride, my manager... Um, very good at his form and he, he spotted this horse running over in Europe and asked me to call Lloyd. It was the first horse that I chased and I'd only been back from Singapore uh, maybe six months and I wasn't getting the opportunities that I would have liked. And um, when I rang Lloyd and I explained my um, my resume in the, in the race, I'd had a pretty good record in the race and Lloyd, I thought, threw the curveball to me and um, told me that it was totally up to the O'Brien camp whether they... Um, you know, they're riders. So I got in contact with a few people, um, Colm Santrick here in Australia, and I asked him to do some homework for me. And he come back and said that Joseph said it's totally up to Lloyd. And I was getting confused. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I was getting thrown a curveball all the time. But <laughs> luckily enough that um, Lloyd come back to me about 24 hours after me asking for the ride and uh, locked me in. So it was the only the only horse that I actually chased for that Melbourne Cup. And um, yeah, lucky enough, it was returning. <laughs> I was speaking to young Jai McNeil, uh, who's coming on the show later on, and um, I was saying that's probably one of the best rides uh, that I've seen of his in the Melbourne Cup, and I was asking him the pressure, um, because the crowd wasn't there, maybe the pressure wasn't on him as much on that day, but you would have given him a 10 out of 10 ride, uh, your, your last Melbourne Cup win. Yeah, 100%. Um, um, Corey, you, you give, we give you a 10 out of 10 ride for your fella for rekindling as well. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, yeah, he did give quite a name, the fantastic ride. Um, not a simple horse to ride because you have to get the fractions right. And, uh, uh, but he's really, really tough and he loves the scrap. And um, um, he absolutely uh, gave him the perfect ride. Nick Williams called me whether well, it was a couple of weeks before the race and he said um you know we have the guy that's going to going to ride ride a, a twilight payment and he said i think he can i think he can win the cup on him and and uh and and um you know so we had a had a couple of chats with jai and and uh yeah he executed couldn't couldn't have got it better yeah i think he's one of australia well he's going to be one of australia's best riders i just hope he keeps his weight you know in check but um but again it was just a very very gutsy ride you know because we don't ride like that in Australia. I know a lot of European sort of riders, they, you know, really set them alight, um, you know, a long way from home. But the Australian way of racing, we, as you know, we hold them right up and let them sort of dash home the last two furlongs. But but when I, I spoke to him the morning of the race and um, just by a text message and I wished him luck and I said, I've watched this horse's um, Melbourne Cup run the previous year or the year before. And I said, um, just don't be waiting for the clock tower. I said, he's got no turn of foot. I said, I've never been on him, but I said, I, I can see that he's got no turn of foot. But when I seen Jai put the pedal down at about the 1,000 metre mark, I said, oh, I had my heart in my throat for a while, just um, thinking it was too far from home. But again, it was an amazing ride. Um, what else have you, have you any... Um, any cup horses in the stable thinking of coming over? So hopefully uh, uh, this year I'll have uh, Twilight for the cup again. Um, he just got beaten the, in the St. Ledger here last weekend. Uh, huge run. It was a very tough race. They went really fast. Um, a horse went off way in front and he basically led the whole field to the, to, the, to the horse that went off in front and he just got nabbed on the post. So he ran really, really good and it's our intention for him to go back. 
Um, and then we have a horse called State of Rest, who's heading down for the Cox Plate. So they'll be my two runners this year, um, hopefully, uh, uh, in the festival. Joseph, why is the Melbourne Cup so special to not only Australians, but basically the rest of the world so interested in the race now? Yeah, well, I suppose, Corey, it, it really it really does. Um, uh, you know, they call it the race that stops the nation, and it really does. Um, 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 anywhere in the world, like I say, if you mention the Melbourne Cup, people will, will uh, know what you're talking about, uh, then have heard about the race, they probably have seen the race, and um, and it's something that will be pretty high on a lot of people's bucket list to try and go to at some stage in, the, in their life. So it's an incredible race, uh, incredible build-up, and um and you know we, we've been very lucky to be able to take part the last few years joseph i know your dad aiden has mastered it very well and so have yourself but how hard is it to travel horses especially from the northern hemisphere down to the the southern hemisphere is, is it very difficult yeah it is Corey. um i suppose first of all it's a long trip for the horses um uh, you need a horse with a good constitution uh, to be able to handle the, the just the journey from here to Australia but as well as that you have the you know we're heading into our winter uh, so they're heading from that uh, and there's a good change in the in the weather from here to down there um, but all that said generally speaking if, if you have a horse that is a pretty good constitution they can take it okay um, um, a lot of our horses would have would have maybe flown to America or, or, or the UK or France earlier in their career. So so they would have a bit of experience flying. And um, um, you find that those guys are, are able to handle it pretty well. Tell me staff-wise, mate, how many staff would you have? I know you've got a massive a massive complex there, but how many riders and you know stable staff do you actually employ? Yes, so so we have we have uh, uh, got to a hundred people um, uh, employed um, at the moment. We have there's four guys in uh, in Australia. Um, um, so so um, uh, some of the guys have completed their hotel quarantine, and uh, uh, we have w- one of the guys, Sean Corby, still left to fly. So we have Mark Power heading up the team down there, MJ Dorn, Neil Bashford, the guys that that have uh, have have been down. In, in Australia the last few years um, are all he- heading back down again so so um, um, it, actually this year it's as difficult to get people there as it is to get the horses there but you know we've been lucky to have a great a great team here headed up by Mark Hackett in, in our office um, uh, he's really really done a stellar job in in, in organizing get, getting everybody down there and uh, uh, in time um, uh, for the horses to arrive. Uh, obviously with COVID Joseph last year you weren't able to make it to Australia where did you watch mate? Yeah just watched watch the race at home um, uh, Corey before we went to went to work in the morning um, um, so so yeah it looks like it looks like unfortunately I'm not going to get back down again this season with with, with the hotel quarantine um, but please God uh, we may, maybe we'll get down next year. The, the, the trophy might be in the mail mate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> well, Joseph O'Brien, thank you very much for your time, mate. I know you're a busy man, but uh, greatly appreciated. And again, hope to see you over there next year. Yeah, pleasure, Corey. Thanks very much.